What's going on good people? This is Gardner Douglas and I am your Oyster Ninja. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Black History Month. So for the month of February we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to um, go back down memory lane. Black History Month. What I'm going to do is feature black businesses this month. So doesn't have to do with oysters, doesn't have to do with seafood, just black owned. When I started doing research on this subject, I basically just wanted to find out how oysters affected the eastern shore because that's my history. And I can honestly say I learned a lot of new things about the eastern shore, about people on the shore. This has opened, you know, the door to other other topics that I want to get into the podcast later on. But, yep, this is a good start for now. And I just want to give you a little bit of black history for the Eastern Shore. So, once the Chesapeake's tobacco and agricultural industries began to decline at the end of the 18th century, African Americans turned to the water to make a living. By 1860, the Chesapeake Bay was the U.S.'s primary source for oysters. It created opportunities for African Americans making a living, uh, of course, doing shucking and processing the seafood. And they even built boats because in order to get out on the water, you need boats. So it was more of an all-around thing. It was time. It created opportunities for African Americans making a living. They could shuck the oysters, process them, uh, even go out on the water and harvest them. And it wasn't just oysters. It was just seafood in general. Um, the availability of demand and a low startup cost, you know, it lured many freed blacks to the region. After the war, new emancipated African Americans found their way to the shore. Slaves escaping the South would even hide on docked boats which would end up taking them up to the Susquehanna River. Captains from Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia would hire slaves on their ships, and of course the slaves that worked on the boats would help out when they could. Of course, we all know Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, both from the eastern shore of Maryland. The area became known as the Chesapeake Station on the Underground Railroad. Frederick Douglass actually used the bay, the Chesapeake Bay, on his first attempt before he was turned in by another slave. How about that? During the early 1900s, men singing while working was not uncommon to hear. The songs that they sang were called shanties. Shanties helped the men coordinate their movements and control their pace. When I worked in the shucking house, it was the same type of thing. Not the same period, of course, but um, maybe that's something that was passed down, you know, generations um, just singing and, you know, holding that rhythm. And you got, majority of the time, it was like one person leading the song. And I could see where that song created that rhythm. And, you know, in the shucking house, a lot of people are not just hinge. It's more of breaking also. So when you're breaking, you know, you got a hammer in your hand and you got an oyster knife in your hand. So first you're hitting the oyster with the hammer, boom. And then you're um, 
you know, switching up with your oyster knife. Then you're going in shucking, and then you're putting that shuck oyster, you know, in a container. And I can just see, you know, that, that rhythm, that movement going side to side, back and forth. And, you know, a lot of people, they they work with this because they thought it made them, you know, move faster. So, hey, whatever works, right? The more I research about oysters in um, on the Eastern Shore, this name kept popping up, the name Thomas Downing. Um, so Thomas Downing was a son of slaves. That's right. His parents were slaves. Um, they were brought to the Eastern Shore um, by a minister, actually, a preacher. And they were set free by him because the Methodists, uh, didn't think it looked right for him to have slaves. You know, the, the research that I, that I read on said that he had to be persuaded to set them free. You know, so, and even after they were set free, they still, you know, worked for him. They worked, they was given a house and they took care of the house basically. So, this kind of hit home for me because so I'm from Whitlam's on the Eastern Shore, of Virginia. And when you come out of Whitlam's, if I'm thinking right, if I got the right church in mind, I believe the church right in front of you is the Downing Church. And if it's not, I know I've passed the Downing Church. But anyway, that that's who. So, of course, they took their slave owner's last name. So Thomas Downing. So his owner... Um, last name was Downing. Anyway, so he was, he was a man behind the Downing Church. So, like I said, once they were free, they were given a house to look over. Somehow the family also gained some land near Shigatig. Uh, most likely it was, uh, the minister, Mr. John Downings. As a young boy, he learned how to rake oysters, which is a form of harvesting. Uh, common in those days and basically you go out on a boat and you, you rake that's that, that's where it comes from you're raking oysters um, and in those days you know everybody worked so he learned how to at a young age like I said he learned how to harvest the oysters um, clams he learned how to maintain the land um, and it's just instilled good work ethic and it stuck with him he served with the young U.S. troops against the British in the War of 1812. Uh, afterwards, he went to New York in 1819, and not too long after, he registered as an oyster man, along with a small oyster cart. So in those days, that's how, um, like I said, oysters were plentiful, of course, in New Jersey, New York. Uh, back in the day, we all know that even the roads you know, were lined with oyster shells. Um, but it was a lot of oyster peddlers back in those days. So what he did, he went to, you know, New York, and he registered himself. Well, doing things the right way, legal, right? And he's free. And um, he got him a small oyster cart. And out of the oyster cart, he would sell oysters. In 1810, 16 of the 27 oystermen listed in the New York City directory were free black Americans. After a few years of the hustle in, he set up his own oyster shop. So the man went from a oyster cart to a oyster shop. 
a black man in the 1820s. I mean, that's that by itself is remarkable to me. He was known as a hard worker and even beating the other buyers to the punch by getting to the best oysters from the harvesters in the dead of the night. His son will quote it saying he was a a man who knew not tired. That that says a lot right there. Um and of course I have a bias, but I just think it's because it was that shore in it, the eastern shore, you know. It brings the best out of everybody. So his establishment um, once he opened up his shop could only serve whites of course and was known for bringing in the elite of all circles it was called Downing's Oyster House and it was opened in 1825 because of its location on the Bride and Wall Street yes Wall Street the major influencers spread the word hey they got oysters over here and the man know what he's doing he provided the customers with the freshest oysters and was known to being good with the captains of the boat. So they brought him the freshest seafood, you know, the freshest fish, the freshest shellfish. He had dibs on it. And I'm sure, you know, he was taking care of the captains also. So they took care of him. So over the years, as his business expanded, he added on catering. He would provide services for all types of events. Like if a company was opening its doors, you know, for the first time, or a new steamboat was being launched. He was right there, serving up oysters. Just like now, it doesn't matter the the event or what what's happening. They just knew that they would have some great fresh seafood. It didn't just stop at raw oysters either. He fried them, steamed them, stewed them, and even was known for his pickled oysters, just to name a few. Thomas Downing even exported his oysters to Paris and London. Queen Victoria sent him a gold watch in appreciation to the oysters he sent. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm accepting all watches. If anyone has received any shuck oysters so good you want to send me a watch? Hey, my email is oysterninjapc at gmail.com you know, I like all types of watches, Timex, Fossil, you know, I like old school, new school, don't matter. Light watches. All right, back to the story. Oh, yeah, and it, they don't have to be gold. I'll take up, you know, any kind of watch. Anyway, so to me, this is just the, the shore mindset again. Like I said, I got that bias, but, hey, it's it's no limit. You done made it from your parents are slaves You'd have made it through the War of 1812. You'd have made it through, you know, everything that you that possibly could held you back, and you're thriving. That you know, there really were no limits to to his thinking, in my opinion. This man set out to take over not just the oyster world, but the entire world. So literally, the man built wealth from oysters, hands down, oysters. He bailed out the New York Herald from going bankrupt with a loan of $10,000 in 1827. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but $10,000 back then, I think, is more like 100000 now. 
just saying oysters. That's all he had was oysters. Um, from all I read, it seemed he never got too big-headed where he forgot where he came from. He was even part of the Underground Railroad for slaves to escape the oppression. And he passed on this hard work ethic to his sons. His son, George, followed in his dad's footsteps with the oyster business and helping slaves get free to Canada. He even managed to get in the House of Representatives here in D.C., um, I think managing a cafe. But that was lost in 1869 due to his resistance. Basically, he refused not to serve blacks in the same dining area so he you know he was fighting he he believed that you know why can't blacks eat with the you know with everybody else so due to that you know he lost he lost that one. what i want to know is how was his business affected by all of his work he was doing for african americans in a time when they were being hunted down and hung if you think about even now a lot of people are afraid to speak out about social issues and politics, race, and everything else. This man, Mr. Downing, was openly funding black organizations, you know, to help create equality. He wanted people to be able to vote and go to school. Again, Thomas Downing, from the Eastern Shore, I would have never even thought that, you know, somebody from the eastern shore during those times who did anything like this um i'm glad i ran up on you know his name i'm glad somebody obviously you know documented these things and um i just wonder like about his descendants now one of those things where even though it was a long time ago where are they now or where are his descendants you know, I don't know, just the little things that I think about, but yeah, Mr. Thomas Downey. I just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to listen. Uh, I know it's been a little sketchy on the consistency, but you know, life is life is life. You know, you're always going to have obstacles and um, as long as you keep jumping over the obstacles uh, I'm thinking hurdles but you know and you know if you get knocked down get back up but you know keep on jumping stay in the race and I'm staying in the podcast race I thank everyone for you know listening and downloading and sharing thank you for the emails hey Oyster Ninja where are you at um thank you it really means a lot and that's like extra um, extra fuel to the fire, you know, that it, hey, maybe I need to stay up a little longer and work on this podcast or do some more editing. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to keep pushing out quality content. Um, I hope you're enjoying. Uh, since the last time I've done my first oyster meetup in DC, uh, if you're not, you know, hip to it, uh, if you're not hip to the Oyster Meetup here in D.C., just send me an email, oysterninjapc at gmail.com, and I can fill you in 
or follow us on Facebook, uh, Oyster Ninja Podcast, or Instagram, Oyster Ninja PC. And um, we got our next, well, I'm, I'm working on the next meetup now. It's going to be in D.C., of course, like I said. Uh, we're going to be at a brewery. I'm not sure which brewery it is yet, but uh, the last meetup was held at Service Bar on U Street. Great turnout. Met some great oyster lovers. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and again, like I said, for the month of February, we're going to be doing all black owned businesses. So, I hope you find them in D.C. Majority of them will be in D.C. Um, we got Pudding, uh, D.C. She's at Union Market. She also has two food trucks. So, I mean, great Creole just great food hands down the shrimp pole boy the oyster pole boy catfish um good food we also have goshen uh which is in hyattsville that's maryland but you know right outside of dc goshen is like natural juices and they're opening up a new market type place where they're gonna have fresh you know fruits and vegetables go check that out and we got a couple more but uh just stay tuned stay listening and before I end, I just want to give a huge shout out to 40 North Oyster Farms. Um, I got my hoodie. I posted pictures of it, of course. I hope you've seen it. If you haven't, like I said, check out the Instagram page. But since I've got my hoodie from them, I haven't took it off. I love it. They got some other great products and, of course, great oysters. But this hoodie here is the best. On the back, it says, I'm not a player. I just shuck a lot, and that says it all. Also, want to give a shout out to um, the online oyster company. Uh, check those guys out; they're going to be shipping out fresh local oysters to you. Uh, I'm gonna on my next show. I'm gonna have all the information on that. Um, you're gonna really enjoy them because it's not just the oyster; it's also the story behind the oyster. And they do the spotlight, you know, on the oyster farms. So check those guys out. The link is in my Instagram right now. Uh, like I said, thank you for listening. Not going to hold you any longer. Just come back for the next episode, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it.